guys welcome back i am juan your host your average fight fan this is episode 10 we're going to discuss a few things today it's going to be a short one compared to other episodes but we're going to make it as good as we possibly can uh, we're going to discuss ufc fight night pedro muñoz versus frankie edgar which happened last night saturday and we're also going to discuss this coming saturday's uh event ufc fight night anthony smith versus alexander rockich and we're also going to discuss a little bit of uh, boxing news that's coming up soon. So let's get right into it. We're going to start with last night's main event, which was, again, Pedro Munoz versus Frankie Edgar. That was a bantamweight fight at 135 pounds. You got Pedro Munoz, who is 33 years old. He's from Sao Paulo, Brazil. He was coming in with a record in 18-4 and four with five knockouts and eight submissions. He was ranked at number five coming into this. He was on a three-fight win streak before losing his previous fight to Aljamain Sterling, who should be next for the title. We'll see what happens there, but all signs are looking like he's going towards the next title shot at 135 pounds. Pedro Munoz is a beast. He's very, very hard to beat. He's never been stopped. He's very, ter- uh, excuse me, very durable, very tough guy. And Frankie Edgar, Frankie Edgar is a legend. Uh, he was making his bantamweight debut at, at 38 years old he's from new jersey coming in with a record of 23 and 8 seven knockouts four submissions he was ranked at number eight but that was at featherweight not at bantamweight frankie edgar is the former lightweight champion that's 155 pounds he's the former three-time featherweight title challenger that's at 145 pounds and the guy's been in i don't know endless amounts of main events throughout his career Although he is coming off back-to-back losses, which is no bueno, but, you know, it is what it is. You can't dictate how you're going to end your career or, in this case, continue your career. But he was coming off back-to-back losses. Um, I think it was a really, really good fight. It went five rounds. It did go to decision. However, I thought it was a very high-paced, high-output fight. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I'm just going to go over what happened to it, give you a quick breakdown, and give you my thoughts on it. Just starting off in round one, I thought that Frankie came out looking very good. Uh, He had a very fast pace, great footwork. He was landing combinations. He was throwing two, three, and even four hit combos. And I thought that Pedro started out as well very good. He was throwing some strong leg kicks that were landing. He was hitting some good shots. Those were very hard shots. However, he was not throwing any combos. He was throwing, you know, just one shots, maybe the random occasional one two but that's about it no more than that uh due to that and the output that frankie was throwing and the pace i gave round one to frankie i had frankie getting the 10-9 in round one round two frankie was able to continue landing some of those combos even to the point where he cut pedro's left eye he was mixing in some takedowns he did he did land a takedown in round two and i still thought that his footwork and pace were excellent however pedro did continue with those hard shots. He was landing the leg kicks. He was landing the hard shots to the head and the body. But again, I think that Frankie's output, his pace, his footwork, speed, and and getting the takedown, he did attempt quite a few, but he did land and secure one of the takedowns. Because of that, 
I personally gave Frankie Edgar the second round. Uh, I gave him a 10-9, putting him up two to nothing in, for, in terms of rounds. Round three was a little different. Still more of the same, but a little bit different in terms of output. I thought Pedro started out a little bit stronger. He continuously was landing more and more of those leg kicks. I could tell that Frankly was noticeably getting slower due to the stiffness of his front leg. When you're getting leg kicked in the calf continuously and they're landing and they're hard shots, it is very, very difficult for your legs to stay nimble and fast and quick as they were uh, rounds one and two the way that they were up until this point. I could, like I said, I could definitely see that Frankie was slowing down. He was, his front leg was more stiff. It was getting, started to get a little bit swollen. Because of that, you know, when you don't have the, the strength and the speed and obviously the confidence that your leg, your leg is strong enough to do certain things, it tends to limit your ability to do, you know, fast twitch muscles and, and, you know, movements that you would normally do if your leg wasn't hurt. So it was limiting his ability to go for those takedowns that he was trying in round two and which he was successful with, with one of those takedowns. So I think that even though the combos were still there for Frankie, I just, I don't think that they were, had the same power and the same speed and the same accuracy as they did in rounds one and two. And of course, again, that's due to these leg kicks and you got to give credit to Munoz for landing his, his own shots. So in my opinion, I gave round three to Munoz. That was a 10-9 round for him. So in my, on my count, you had it two to one uh, going into round four, two to one being uh, the advantage for Frankie Edgar. Round four, you could definitely see the swelling on Frankie's leg, uh, on his left leg. It's It was beginning to be very noticeable. Even the announcers were saying it. He was slowing down quite a bit and uh, he was getting hit more often, especially in the leg. He was also getting hit to the head quite a bit now. It was making it a really close fight now because, you know, in my opinion, again, rounds one and two were close, but I, I thought that Frankie clearly won rounds one and two, and I thought that Pedro clearly won round three. But round four, and actually round five, uh, it was getting closer and closer to score. But I thought that Munoz, you know, kind of went away, not completely, but enough. He went away enough to where he wasn't landing as often with the leg kicks. He was more thinking about, you know, landing to the head and maybe trying to get the knockout. And even, I thought even though Frankie was slowing down, he was still able to secure a takedown in round four. With that being a really, really close round, uh, you know, the output total strikes, significant strikes were pretty close because of the takedown and because Munoz was um, not going so much to the legs anymore, even though he still was, just not as much. I gave that round to Frankie. So it was a 10-9 round, in my opinion, for Frankie Edgar, making it 3-1 to one going into round five. So really the only way that Munoz could win the fight was either a 10-8 round, which would have made it a draw, or by knocking Frankie out. This is my opinion, of course. Uh, so round five, you could see that, again, Frankie is getting slower and slower, you know, due to the damage of that leg. And obviously the more the leg swells, the more difficult it is to use it and the more difficult it is to, you know, be as quick and nimble and, and fast-paced and footwork as, as, you're nor as you're used to. So again, because of these leg kicks, Frankie's slowing down. And you got you to gotta take into account that, you know, Munoz has already landed a ton of leg kicks. He landed 11 more in round five. So this is very significant to the fight. I still think that because Frankie was landing more to the body and the head for most of the fight, and, you know, in round five, Munoz landed 25 strikes to the head, 11 to the body, and 11 to the legs. It was a very good round for both fighters. 
But I think, in my opinion, I saw Munoz did more in round five than Frankie did. So I gave that round to Munoz. Again, it was a 10-9 round, in my opinion. So it wouldn't have been enough for him to get the fight. Uh, so in my opinion, I had it three rounds to two for, for Frankie Edgar. Now, keep in mind, this was a very, very close fight. You know, it could have been scored. If the judges scored it, you know, three to two for Munoz, I would have been okay with that. If they scored it a draw, I would have been okay with that. You know, it was such a close fight that, you know, whatever the the judges thought this fight would have went, I would have been okay with it. You know, I, I just, in my opinion, I scored it three to two for Edgar. Now, at the end of this fight, Frankie was bloody. He was limping. Munoz was a bloody mess. I mean, these guys were just, it was a really, really good fight. They, they landed a ton of head strikes, a ton of body strikes. And like I said, Munoz landed a ton of leg kicks. It was a very good fight. I think with Frankie getting this win, it should move him into the top five because, you know, Pedro Munoz was ranked number five. So this should put him in the top five. We'll see what happens there. Usually, uh, like I always tell you guys, Tuesdays is when the rankings come out. So this technically should put him in the top five, but we'll see what happens there. I told you guys in episode nine that I would love to see Frankie get a win and just ride off into the sunset. And I even told you guys that somehow I really don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't think he's going to retire regardless of the result. Um, and again, that that definitely was not the case. He said after the fight that he wants to go for another bantamweight, or excuse me, he wants to go for another title run, but this time at bantamweight. So if he does make it into the top five, he's going to have a really tough time, you know, getting into that title shot because the top five in the in 135 pound division right now is full of killers. I mean, you got number four is Cody Sanhagen. Number three is Cody Garbrandt, and he's actually dropped down to flyweight to, to challenge for the title at flyweight. So that might help Frankie a little bit, but that doesn't, doesn't excuse me, that doesn't necessarily mean that Cody is no longer in the bantamweight division. Number two, you have Aljamain Sterling, which in my opinion, like I told you guys before, should be next for the title at 135 pounds. Uh, we'll see what Dana and the matchmakers do for that. And then at number one, you have Marlon Rice, who lost to, or I'm sorry, no, he actually did beat. He beat Jose Aldo on paper, but everybody, including Dana White and the matchmakers, thought that Jose Aldo won that fight, so they gave Jose Aldo the title shot. But then at the champ, you got Jan, that guy, the guy's a monster, so... Got a bunch of killers at 135 pounds. Top five is looking crazy. But hey, listen, if that's what Frankie wants to do, then that's what Frankie wants to do. He's 38 years old. He's a legend. His resume speaks for itself. I hope, you know, like I said, I, I hope that he rides off into the sunset. But for now, we'll see what he does, you know, going forward. And we'll see what his next fight looks like. Because like I said, he's definitely not going to retire. So congratulations to Frankie. Tough luck to Pedro Munoz, I think. Like I said, either way this fight would have gone, I would have been okay with it. Uh, if they gave the fight to Munoz, I would have been okay with it. But listen, that's the way the cookie crumbles, as they say. And uh, the way the dominoes fall sometimes is just how it falls. So for Munoz, it's, you know, go back to the drawing board and see what he can do to get back into that top five if the rankings come out where he's no longer in there. Um, and just keep going, you know, make make your way through the top five and see if you can get back to that title shot. For Frankie, like I said, tough road, uh, but if anybody can do it, Frankie's that guy. This is a tiny little dude who was the champ at 155 pounds, fought for the title at 145. Now he's trying to do a title run at 135. So if anybody can do it, Frankie can do it. All right. So I'm just going to go 
and skip the rest of that card only because I didn't really think it was a great, I mean, it was a good card. There's just not a lot of big names on there. So I'm just going to skip over to this coming weekend's card, which is going to be on uh, Saturday, August 29th. It's going to be the UFC fight night, Smith versus Rockage. Um, there's also a really good, another good fight on that card, Robbie Lawler versus Neil Magny. So I'm going to start with that. I'm going to start with the co-main event. And that's going to be a welterweight bout, which is only 170 pounds. So you have Robbie Lawler, who's now 38. He's 5'11". He's from Illinois. He's ranked number 13. His record is 28 and 14, 20 knockouts, one submission. That's the good part. Bad part, he's coming off three straight losses. And he hasn't fought in over a year. So, granted, he did fight three of the best guys in the division. Uh, Rafael Dos Anjos, Ben Askren, and Colby Covington. But again, he's the former welterweight champion. This guy is a monster. You know, he's he's got a great career. Um, he's beat people like Matt Lindland, Frank Trigg, Chris Lytle, Melvin Manhoof, Josh Koscheck, Roy McDonald. He beat him twice. Jake Ellenberger, Matt Brown, Johnny Hendricks. Actually took the title from Johnny Hendricks. Defended it against Carlos Condit and, and Roy McDonald. Then he beat Cowboy Cerrone. You know, that's just a few of the guys that he's beat. I mean, this guy's a legend. It's very, very almost impossible to beat Roy McDonald. He beat him twice. Crazy. But yeah, like I said, he's now 38. He hasn't fought in over a year. And he's fighting a really tough guy, Neil Magny. Real tough. Neil Magny, they call him the Haitian sensation because he's from Haitian descent. He's now 33 years old. He stands six foot three, who's one of the tallest, if not the tallest in the division. Uh, he's also from Illinois, but he trains out of Denver. He's ranked number 14, which I don't even understand how that's possible. How is he ranked at number 14? He's got a 23-7 and seven record, seven knockouts, three submissions. He's coming off back-to-back -back wins. I don't understand how this guy's ranked at number 14. He's beat so many guys that are in the top five. I mean, excuse me, top 10. I mean, I'm just going to go through like maybe five or six names that he's already beat. He beat Tim Means. He beat Eric Silva. He beat Kevin Gastelum, who was in the top five. Hector Lombard was in the top five. Johnny Hendricks was the champ. Carlos Condit was the interim champ and was in the top five. I don't understand how he's ranked number 14. I don't know. Whatever. UFC rankings, as I always say, are kind of strange. But that's near, neither here nor there. Again, he's ranked number 14. Robbie Lawler's ranked number 13. So these guys really are just trying to fight to get into the top 10. Obviously, once you get into the top 10, for Magny, he's obviously trying to keep going and try to get into the top five. Robbie Lawler, I don't know what his plans are anymore. Because again, he's been the champion. He's been at the top of the division pretty much his whole career. He's fought just about everybody. You know, he's beat a ton of guys. He's 38, so I don't really know what his plans are. I don't, maybe he wants to go for a title run again. I'm not sure, but I don't, I don't think that it's feasible right now. I don't, I don't think that's a viable option for him at this point. Neil Magny, on the other hand, I, I think, like I said before, I think he should be ranked lower in, in the, in the, in the rankings. I feel like he should be in the top 10, like top eight. I don't know why he's ranked at number 14, but anyway, I feel like Neil, Neil Magny's path to the title, or at least to a title shot, is more feasible than Robbie Lawler's, but I, I will never miss a Robbie Lawler fight. This guy is just pure entertainment. I love watching that guy fight, and Neil Magny is such a crazy, crazy-paced guy. I mean, I, I don't think I've ever seen Neil Magny in a boring fight, so I, I don't see how this fight could be boring, you know? Robbie Lawler loves to keep the fight standing. He is he does have good wrestling, but he loves to keep the fight standing. He's a he's a stand and bang type of guy. Neil Magny's pace and pressure is second to none. 
Also great wrestler, good jujitsu. Well, I should say decent jujitsu, good wrestler, very hard to take down. So I don't, I don't see this fight being a ground exchange unless maybe Robbie Lawler is getting the better of Neil and Neil takes him down just to kind of even the playing field. But I, w- I would expect this fight to be mostly a stand-up fight. And being that it's a co-main, it's not going to be a five-rounder. It's going to be a three-rounder. So I would have to give... I don't know. I'm not going to predict because I, I, like pre- I don't like predicting. But definitely high-paced. Uh, definitely stand-up fight for the most part. Definitely a banger. I'm excited. Let's see what happens. Let's see what happens with these two ballers. All right, moving on to the to the main event of next Saturday, which is going to be Anthony Lionheart-Smith against Alexander Rocket Rockic. Ale- uh, excuse me, Alexander is now 28 years old. He stands six foot five. He's from Vienna, Austria. He's ranked number eight. He comes in with a record of 12 and two. He's four and one in the UFC, so he's only got five fights in the UFC. Overall, he's got nine knockouts and one submission, but he's coming off a loss against Vulcan Ostemir. Just as a side note, he trains at American Top Team here in Coconut Creek. And then you got Anthony Lionheart-Smith, the guy. That nickname is perfect for him. Never gives up. He could be, you know, 27 feet in a hole. He's going to try to dig dig himself out. He is nonstop. Will try to die in the the octagon if he has to. That Lionheart nickname for him is perfect. Uh, He's 32. He stands 6'4". He's from Omaha, Nebraska. He's ranked number 5 in the division. He's got a record of 33 wins and 15 losses, 18 knockouts, 12 submissions. He's coming off. He's also coming off a loss to this. This loss is coming to Glover Teixeira in his previous fight. But man, he's he's fought for a title already against John Jones. Obviously, that didn't go well. Uh, he's no. He was not the champion. John Jones beat him. Clearly beat him decisively. In my opinion, he beat him in all five rounds. But that was, in my opinion, Anthony's worst fight. His absolute worst fight, for whatever reason, whether John Jones is intimidating or he's just a better fighter or whatever it is, that was Anthony Smith's worst fight that I've ever seen him fight. So obviously, I think that he can do a lot better. But he's beat a lot of guys, man. He's beat Brent, Ben Crowder. He's beat Hector Lombard. He's beat Rashad Evans. He's beat Sh- uh, Shogun Rua, Volkan Ozdemir, Alexander Gustafsson, among others. Listen, this guy is a beast. He can knock out anybody. He's got crazy power in both hands. He's very good in jiu-jitsu. He's a good wrestler. He's good everywhere. So this is going to be a really good fight. Really good fight. We'll see what Alexander Rockage brings to this to this fight. He is the taller fighter in there, but that's never stopped Anthony from knocking people out. So we will see what happens there. Obviously, like I said, they're both coming off a loss. So both guys are trying to get back into that win column. And they're trying to work their way up to a title shot, obviously. You know, now that John Jones is supposedly out of the lightweight division, he supposedly vacated the title we'll see if that's true or not um you know if you look at ufc.com they have not taken him off the rankings he is still the champion at 205 until that's confirmed we'll just keep it as a allegedly supposedly john jones is no longer in the division so if that is true that opens up a lot of doors for the guys who didn't have a shot at that title before for example anthony smith already fought john jones so his path to that title shot was going to be a lot more difficult. But now that supposedly John Jones has left the division, well, then his door is open again for that title shot, depending on, you know, who has it next. But uh, there's a lot of guys that John Jones has beat in that division, you know, and their door is open too. So it's going to be, again, a lot more interesting to see who gets to the top, who fights for the title, 
who holds the title, who can defend the title. So we'll see what what happens there. But at the end of the day, this is going to be a really good fight. I think this is going to be a really, really good fight. So I'm, like I said, I'm excited for it. This will be next Saturday, August 29th. I believe it's going to be on ESPN and obviously ESPN Plus. So I'll be watching that fight. I will not miss it. I hardly ever miss a fight, or at least I hardly ever miss a main event. I might miss a fight or two here, here or there, but I don't ever miss a main event. So moving on. That's all I have for you guys for UFC and MMA. But like I said at the beginning of the podcast, I do have some boxing news for you guys. I know I usually always talk about MMA, but there is some boxing news in the world. Boxing is back. They have had some uh, pretty good events in the, last, in the past weeks and so. But there's some pretty decent news coming out about De La Hoya. Oscar De La Hoya is talking about a comeback. He wants to come back and fight. And they asked Dana White about it. And Dana White had this to say about it. A good friend of yours, Oscar De La Hoya, has announced he's coming out of retirement to box again. I just wondered if you had any... Cocaine isn't cheap. It's expensive. Gotta make money. Thanks, Dana. Yep. So that was Dana answering a question regarding Oscar De La Hoya's comeback. Now, keep in mind that Oscar De La Hoya is now 47 years old, and his last fight professionally was in 2008, and that was a loss to Manny Pacquiao. So we're talking about, oh, I don't know, 12 years later, possibly 13 if he fights next year. Could be 48 by then. Um, I don't really understand why he would fight, but then again, Dana might be right. He might be broke, and uh, he does have a cocaine habit. Everybody knows that, so who knows? That's an interesting fact, though. Oscar De La Hoya is talking about a boxing comeback. Interesting. All right, moving on. More boxing news. Vasily Lomachenko is stepping back into the ring on October 17th against undefeated champion Teofimo Lopez Jr. That will take place at the bubble at the MGM Grand in Las Vegas. Now, of course, if you don't know who Lomachenko is, you really need to Google him. Vasily Lomachenko is... 32 years old. He's from Ukraine. He is known just about by everybody as the pound-for-pound best boxer on the planet. He is a two-time Olympic gold medalist. He won gold in Beijing in 2008. He also won gold in London in 2012. Um, His amateur record is remarkable, but he has a professional record of 14-1. He did lose his uh, second fight, I believe, as a pro, but then his third fight as a pro... He won, a, he won his first world championship. Uh, he has now gone on to win, win titles in three different divisions. He won a title at featherweight, super featherweight, and lightweight. And he currently holds the unified WBA, WBO, and Ring Magazine lightweight titles. And he, again, is fighting Lopez Jr., who's 23 years old. He's a Honduran-American from Brooklyn, New York. He currently holds the IBF world championship at 135 pounds. He is undefeated. He's 15-0 with 12 knockouts. Young guy, super, super talented, super tough, knockout artist. So yeah, so the winner of this fight, because they're both champions, they will. the winner of this fight will unify all four lightweight titles and become the only lightweight world champion, making them the unified world champion at lightweight. Man, it's going to be a good fight. Like I said, Lomachenko is known by just about everybody who knows anything about boxing as the pound-for-pound best fighter on the planet. He makes people that you would never think 
would even have that in their bodies. He makes them quit on the stool. He knocks people out. He makes people quit. He changes people. He humbles people remarkably. And like I said, he's, he's only fought 15 times. These guys have both fought only 15 times in their professional careers. But man, this is going to be an awesome fight. It's on, it's, I believe on pay-per-view, they both are top rank fighters and I'm almost positive that top rank is now signed with ESPN. So this might actually be an ESPN pay-per-view event, which is pretty cool because you can just order it right from the app. But yeah, man, this is going to be an awesome fight. I'm pumped for it. Again, this is going to be October 17th. It takes place in Las Vegas at the MGM Grand. They're calling it the bubble, just like they call the bubble in Orlando for the NBA. Um, I guess that's going to be a thing now, the bubble. But um, yeah, as time comes closer to this fight, I'll, I'll go into it a little bit more. But for now, I just want to let you guys know that there is a huge fight coming up in the lightweight division, and it's going to unify all four titles. So we will have only one world champion at lightweight. All right, guys. Like I said in the beginning of the podcast, it was going to be a shorter one. So that's all I really have for you guys today. Again, I always want to, I always want to say thank you to the listeners. Uh, you know, without you guys, there's no really, there's no point in me even continuing to doing this, uh, to do this. So I just want to say a big thank you to you guys. The support has been awesome. I actually just want to say that my last podcast actually had the most views that I've ever seen on any of my uh, podcasts. So I just want to say a huge thank you to you guys for that. Follow me on social media. Uh, again, we'll put the links in the description. If you can, like, subscribe, and share this with your friends. That way we can continue to make more more content. And every time we try to get better and better. Again, always, always, always thanks you. Thank you, thank you to everybody. And as always, my name is Juan, and I'm your average fight fan. Stay safe out there. Bye-bye. <laughs>